One of the skills which is critical to being a manager or a leader is being able to enable results through others. Today, we'll be exploring the topic of the art of delegation and how it can empower your team for success. Welcome to the Praxin Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Purul Bargava, and let's discuss. To start off, let's define what delegation really means. Many people mistake delegation to mean simply assigning work out. But what I've learned in my experience is that it goes well beyond that. Real delegation actually means being able to delegate both the responsibility as well as the authority that goes with it. If you delegate without authority, it really becomes an empty shell. Delegation actually has a twofold benefit. On one side, it lessens the load for managers, but when done properly, actually empowers employees to be able to do their best work. As you develop your skills at delegation, as well as the individual continues to deliver on those tasks that you've delegated, it will build trust with that employee as you show that you're willing to give them more complex activities to show that you trust their judgment. As a result, this builds trust and a sense, a sense of empowerment within the team, especially when you're delegating to multiple individuals on that team. Delegation ends up being a win-win situation for both the employee as well as for the manager or leader in question. Now, the next thing we'll jump into here is how do you decide how to delegate? There are three elements here that you need to keep in mind as you're thinking through how you do your delegation, and it requires you to make informed decisions. The way that I have experienced delegation or the way that I have delegated in the past are based upon three critical elements. One, the experience level of the employee. Two, what their capabilities are. And three, what the current workload is. Obviously, when a person has a higher level of experience when they're in a role, they'll be able to more effectively tackle an actual assigned task. But one thing we should also consider is what's the workload of each of the team members and whether or not the delegation should actually go to somebody else. If an individual is underburdened, they likely should have a higher probability of getting the assignment than somebody that's overburdened. It seems like an obvious statement, but again, it seems, it seems worth saying. The only exception to that will be is if somebody has an exception, exceptional set of skills that makes them better suited to actually complete this task instead. One of the critical benefits of delegation is being able to build trust with the individuals on your team. But it's a double-edged sword that plays a significant role in healthy relationships between managers and their delegates. By delegating tasks and granting authority, you show trust in your team members' abilities. This in turn increases their trust in you as a manager and fosters a positive working environment. Now, how do you do delegation? How do you be successful at it? This involves when you're assigning something to somebody to answer these critical questions. Who should be the task be delegated to? What is the task that needs to be done? How will completing this task increase the trust within the team? These are the things that you want to be able to tackle and it's what I call an implicit contract to how you deliver on delegation with authority. By addressing these questions, you can create a clear understanding and set expectations for both parties that are involved, both for yourself as well as for the employee. Let's take a moment and talk about why these questions are important. Let's start off with, who is this task being done for? With the knowledge and the experience that you have, you have an ability to be able to set the delegate up for success. This will give them the opportunity to be able to learn how to better meet the needs of the end users and customers. And it fundamentally breaks down to mechanics of execution versus the delegate learning how these tasks are gonna be done. 
So take the time to help them understand who their customer is so that way they can best execute. The next question is, when should the task be complete? This is a dialogue between the, the manager and the delegate to, and to consider some key components. What are the constrained timelines? What are the expectations that need to be set? What is both your experience as the manager or the employee's experience? While it's great to leave it open-ended from, from a learning opportunity perspective, the running of the business requires expediency. The manager is on the hook for balancing these two axes to ensure the team continues to grow effectively. The next question of how will the task be completed? This should be left up to the delegate to define how it should be completed. While you do have your style or your methodology for how you would complete this task, there's more than one right way to execute. Based on your experience as an individual, you'll need to be available to ensure that you're there for answering questions, but leave it up to the individual that you've delegated to to go through and execute on their own. You might be surprised that the choices that they made may end up with a more effective execution than you had thought of previously, because we all have something to bring to the table. This is also an opportunity for either for the individual to have a learning moment or for you to be able to provide a teaching moment. This is where you can look at and see, is the individual struggling with trying to execute and then be able to help them deliver on the task you've asked them to do. This can either be through, hey, you can learn organically, or do you need to generate a more engineered methodology for doing teaching? And the next question of what task actually needs to be done is probably the most critical piece of information you can provide to your delegate. More often than not, the lack of success in delivery of a task is tied to the lack of clarity or definition rather than a lack of execution. If your delegate doesn't understand what exactly you're looking for, your delegate will never have a chance to succeed. Make sure that you're using care in defining success in objective terms. This will actually end up being able to build stronger trust elements into this overall exercise, so that way you can feel as if they're executing to their maximum effectiveness. The question of who you should delegate the task to is a decision matrix for you to consider as the person that's delegating. It should be considered, the things you want to consider are experience level, capabilities, current workload. Often you want to think about this and say, well, if an individual's experience may lend itself to handling the task well, that's great. But if they're already overburdened, you may, su you may subject that person to burning them out sooner than later. The way you want to think about it is the person that is underburdened at this moment likely should have the higher probability of assignment than an individual that is overburdened. As always, there are exceptions to this. As an example would be is if a person is an expert in a specific field or requires specified skills, then maybe they, should, they will have to do that task. How will this task increase the trust between individuals? In a healthy relationship between the delegate and the manager, the double-edged nature of trust plays a large role in the delegation. As an example, the manager wants the task to succeed. The delegate wants the task to also complete successfully. The manager wants to entrust more effort to the delegate as well as the delegate wants to earn the trust of the manager. These things are fundamentally how and why delegation works. This should be a win-win exercise for both the delegate as well as the manager. But just as much as it can be a win-win, it can also be a lose-lose situation without clear expectations being set. As trust increases between both parties, by default, the manager will often assign increasingly complex tasks to their delegate. It does take some time to get there, but it does happen. The other side of this is, and I'm going to talk about the lose-lose scenario, is if there are mixed expectations on either side, it will lead to decreased trust and decreased delegation 
and a perception of decreased efficiency for the employee and decreased effectiveness for the manager. This is especially true when the intent of delegation is to prove an already established negative bias. Just don't do that. That's, that's really bad. If you're looking to delegate something to somebody in order to be able to show that they're not capable, you're missing an opportunity to help that individual learn. However, you as the manager are the only one that can determine if that's what your intent is and be honest with yourself. And there you have it. Delegation is not just about assigning tasks, but about empowering your employees and, and your team members to grow and succeed. By understanding the decision-making matrix, increasing trust, and establishing an implicit contract about what needs to be done, how it needs to be get done, and when it'll be done, you can become a master of delegation. Remember, without authority, responsibility just becomes an empty shell. Now go forward and start delegating with confidence. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please go ahead and leave a rating either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast from. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and drop a thumbs up and subscribe if you found this content helpful. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other, you can always feel free to go ahead and drop me a line. You can go ahead and give me a call at 206-651-4312 and leave a message. Or alternatively, you can send me an email at questions at thepraxinleader.com. I'll go ahead and weave it into whatever conversation we have in the next podcast and make sure that your question gets answered. This has been the Praxin Leader Podcast. My name is Purul Bargava, and I'll talk to you next week.